1: mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader
0: of law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Worlds Exchange. I am joined today by the incredible and illustrious Bard from Bardic Broadcast. Bard, thank you so much for joining me again, man. Hello, hello. It's wonderful to be here once more. Right? It's been a really long time since the last ah. time you graced us with your presence. Um, but you just recently released a video, and at the time of this recording, it was, I think, a couple of weeks old, but... It was great to see you come back, and uh, yes. and you you took the internet by storm, man. It was a, the, the video really blew up, and you know the the response has been incredible, and I'm really happy to see that uh, people really missed your absence, and that maybe this is a good sign of things to come. I think so, oh, yeah. The omens are good. Right. I've cast the birds
1: to the sky and read the runes and looked at some entrails here and there. Things oh, are looking pretty
0: good. Good, good, good. Well, there's you know you never know what those entrails so. <laughs> but uh in the last time we got together we talked a little bit about what makes a superhero a superhero. And uh, we uh, talked about D&D last time. Oh that's right. The <laughs> last last time we talked about D&D, which uh yeah. which was really fun. Uh and tiffany got to join us on that one. But uh but we're going to go back to like a more grounded. Let's talk about supervillains this time around. What We're revisiting super... exactly revisiting the topic of, Yeah, cuz a lot of people responded to that episode. They were like, "Oh man, like you should do the supervillains next." And uh not one to immediately deliver i i we uh, we gave them a good year or so before we could actually address oh, yeah. again but uh but you you have no uh you know you're no stranger even though i'm more of a comic book guy you're more of a fantasy and and more uh yeah uh, aficionado
1: that's true look i don't i better make it clear that i'm not an expert on on american comics no. i don't really read them right. i've seen a lot of the films about superheroes of course that's fair but uh not being an expert, we still had a, a good conversation about superheroes that that time. Um, I did start rambling about werewolves at one point. I think. But... Yeah,
0: that was a great conversation. <laughs> you kidding me? I, okay. that...
1: <laughs> I don't remember all of the central points, but we'll see if we can. Re- I should have listened to it actually before starting this.
0: You know, I had the exact same thought when I went live. I, th- I said, "Man, I probably should have listened to that episode before."
1: <laughs> but that's yeah, great because we're both at a disadvantage. It's perfect. We're, we'll we're, be we
0: equal footing. Um,
1: but super villain Super villain. What, what are
0: they? Right What is a super Who, villain Versus a, like a traditional villain And in the realm of Or in the multiple realms Of other forms of fiction and literature I'm sure you could find Like a, a ton of examples But like what are some of the categories What are some of the qualifications Like how, how does one elevate oneself From a villain to a super villain
1: There's only one qualification I believe you need And it's dirt simple
0: Really? Okay. Yeah. uh,
1: As far as I can tell, the only thing that distinguishes a supervillain is the presence of a superhero. Mm. All you have to do is challenge a superhero when you're there by default. You don't even have to be successful. Right. And you don't have to be good at at being a a villain. Because, well, think about it this way I think with a lot of villains, especially some of the, the ones from very popular heroes, if you remove the fact that a superhero is present, you're not left with a super villain they're just a villain That's fair. put them in any other any other story and well they they're just a, an ordinary villain you wouldn't call them
0: super no and in fact it, depending on the perspective you could not even necessarily call them a villain i'm thinking specifically of like superman versus lex luthor right uh at, mm. even though you know your familiarity might be tertiary it's just it's superman you know guy who can do anything that the writers want them to be able to do uh, and Lex Luthor, seemingly a regular guy, but has above-average intelligence. And yes. when you see those two butt heads, you know, I think you're right that the fact that he decides to take on Superman makes him a supervillain. But if he were yeah. just, if he were just in a vacuum, if it was just Lex Luthor, you'd have just another billionaire smart guy who tries to take over the world like any other uh, captain of industry. <laughs> Well, compare
1: them to like the bond villains uh, there's a whole archetype yeah. of bond villains luther would be a wonderful bond villain Agreed. you know yeah but you wouldn't call like you don't call goldfinger a super villain
0: i i only but, if you i guess like like your criteria only if you were to refer to james bond as a superhero which i don't yeah you um, can't
1: i i don't think you can anyway i mean like last time i think yeah. when we spoke about superheroes we were i think we dwelled on the topic of identity i right. think it was one of the and i don't know if we covered this but one of the things about superheroes is that well it's in the word super it means they're all-purpose and all-encompassing uh well it was kind of summed up in a way in the recent aquaman film where he's told that he's a hero for everybody right. that's kind of what a superhero is they're overarching uh heroes where if you look at like superman he doesn't just deal with things on his level he burning building i'll handle this you that's know, true
0: or... yeah it, it really he can he's a unitasker it's like if it's a burning building yeah. or a comet that's coming here or a purse snatcher like he can do it all he's the archetype right
1: basically and you you compare other superheroes to him i think in many ways he's like the cornerstone Definitely. so spider-man is a lot like that too he has like major villains that he he battles and he he takes care of lesser problems as well mm-hmm. um see that the superhero is a really disruptive thing in the worlds they exist in. Like there's a a common like joke, I guess, or an observation that the superhero always comes first and then all these villains appear.
0: Oh right, yes. You know, they
1: they cause the problem more right. than anything. Oh. And it's true, they they are really disruptive to the equilibrium of ordinary ideas of law and order and crime and punishment because they supersede that stuff
0: yeah if, if it know? was just a superhero and they were dealing with everyday problems they would solve most of them within the first couple of days of their action and then what else is there left to do but because their great strength or their great abilities are entered into our world the universe kind of responds in kind to meet that mm-hmm. that challenge so in meeting that challenge is where you get your villains mm-hmm. like lex luther is
1: a great example now obviously as you said i'm not a great knower of of the inner law but from what i've seen lex luther rises to what he sees as the problem of superman yes but like he thinks this this alien is going to show us how to be human <laughs> i'll show him what humanity can
0: do right yeah. it, it's more hubris and and it's kind of like railing against the the other that mm. uh, that drives him um
1: but superman is ruining um
0: uh, our,
1: our own systems by existing right in a in a sense well since he transcends
0: or supersedes them like you say
1: yeah well gotham city is another good example because i quite often wonder what what how the police deal with the existence of batman
0: yeah and it's interesting depending on the interpretation or the like media that you're following with batman you could see very different interpretations where it's like sometimes the police are completely okay with batman i mean the, the fact that they like have a Bat signal on the roof of the police department. It's very telling. It should <laughs> basically it's it's a it's a broadcasting note that says we're ineffectual, and we require mm-hmm. someone to d- solve most of our problems. Although, uh, like like you say, the supervillain rises to meet Batman so that Batman can't solve crime in Gotham. He has to deal with the super crime. He has to yeah. deal with the extra crime, the crime that's literally just there to satisfy his existence.
1: Exactly. It, it's a very strange dynamic between supervillains and superheroes. Yeah. And as I said with superheroes last time we, we, we talked, it's not about power. Power isn't the interesting part. No. You know, it, you don't define a superhero by the fact they have power. Although, you know, obviously they have to have the capacity to fill the role. Sure. And even characters that have power aren't superheroes. You know, like uh,
0: Hercules. Right, exactly.
1: He, he has extra normal... Although I know he appears in superhero comics and no doubt is a super... He is Thor is another example. He's a, a mythical figure who isn't a superhero. No. Being a, a, a Norse god, he's probably very self-absorbed and all of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's not defined as a superhero by his power. No. It's not having the power, it's what you do with it. Right. And as with Superman, he uses it to... Uh, in an overarching fashion to be the all-purpose savior in in a sense sure
0: just because someone has powers you know people kind of ascribe oh well then he must be a superhero they must have like the 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 basic tenets that make up that which i understand to be a superhero and the fact is like it's actually a lot more nuanced like you said and it's it's you know it's 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 not quite as black and white
1: there's a big difference between a hero and a superhero. Right. Well, a hero is really just a position in a narrative. But mm. when you when you're a hero in a story, okay, you tend to be uh, you, you tend to have a discrete objective that you're you're dealing with. You're in a, a discrete story. Okay, mm. you're not an overarching hero for everybody. You're not hero what? status permanently like a superhero is. They occupy hero heroism permanently and they don't stop
0: sure sure like a, just because a hero, their story is the, the hero of their story might only need to accomplish a personal goal as opposed mm-hmm. to a, a yeah like a more generic hero that is kind of stuck having to do you know like you said stuff for everybody like they have to say conan might be a good example now do you, do you think conan is a superhero and if so no 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 he's not a superhero he's definitely a hero and he
1: generally does the right thing in the context of the world he lives in right but he's not he the battles he engages with tend to be personally related to him
0: yeah i mean what about he's, uh, he's
1: drawn into them
0: what about uh what was it the uh i'm trying to get my my conan straight there's the first one which is conan the destroyer
1: oh conan the barbarian okay we're we talking you. about
0: the movies yeah the movies the movies, Conan yeah. the
1: Barbarian and okay. Conan the Destroyer.
0: In Conan the Destroyer, he feels a lot more like a superhero in terms of like he is not necessarily out for just himself in that one.
1: Yes, yes, he is he, he's only on that quest because Queen Taramis promises to resurrect
0: his his lizard, uh, dead yeah.
1: dead love Valeria. Right.
0: Okay. Now he right, you got me the there. Ch- and he's
1: a he's <laughs> a good person. Okay, and he he'll he'll do the right thing in the end in that in that film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, the films are very different from uh, Robert E. Howard's I... literary Conan. But I don't think we should dwell on literary Conan because I don't think
0: that many people are as well versed in him.
1: We'll, we'll be well versed if say... you look at the.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, oh, if okay. you look
1: at the two films, yeah. uh, they're both very personal Conan stories. Oh, definitely. He doesn't come to town and write a wrong, or he doesn't. Uh, see a huge problem and say, I'll handle this. And yeah. he's not driven by an obligation to do good or anything. He's driven by his own engines of, right. of, of desire of and the heroism. The first one is
0: a deeply personal story about himself and getting... I don't even know if it's revenge so much as it is him just, just... Just trying to understand who he is and where, and where he's going. Yeah. Um, it's
1: revenge and the other stuff. Right. By he's the way, motivated by
0: uh, Marvel is putting out a Conan comic book right now. They just relaunched the Conan series and it's, it's rather excellent. I, I highly oh, recommend it. Oh, very good. Uh, the guy who has been writing the Thor series is now doing the Conan book. And it's like he's been training to do the Conan series his entire career. Uh, we're only two issues in, but it's, it's very, it feels very Conan. It's, and it's paying homage to, cause Marvel used to publish a Conan book back like in the seventies and, uh, and eighties. And it's kind of like harkening back to that era. Plus, you know, more modern storytelling. Um, they, they have, you know, they're, they're not playing it for, for anything other than to tell the story, which I think is pretty cool, but, Sounds uh, right? I recommend it to you anyway. I know we're getting a little bit off, uh, off the thing. So Conan's not a superhero, and no, as I as such, think so. yeah, because, yeah, no, because because his but you think he's not a superhero because his his journey is personal.
1: Yes, and the um, he is drawn into conflicts generally for personal reasons by his own desires or uh, or, or things like that. He's not right. out to right or wrong.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so, all right. Well, what about what? Is, and the criteria of a supervillain, as we've established, is literally just. Challenges superhero. A challenge superhero. So as long as you have a superhero in your story, whatever villain comes in by, opposition to them is by nature a supervillain.
1: Yes. Even ones who have no power, like
0: uh, Catwoman
1: right. is a supervillain by default. <laughs> in any, in any other world, she's an expert thief with a gimmick. Yeah. But because Batman exists and she encounters Batman, she's suddenly a super villain. Mm. And she often gets drawn into other supervillain plots. Oh, definitely. People who might be more qualified to, under conventional definitions of having superpowers and all that sort of thing. Sure. But uh, Batman's—I uh, almost said—he Man. He Man <laughs> is is arguably a superhero.
0: Oh, absolutely. Because uh, he. You want to compare
1: Conan to someone? Compare him to He Man.
0: Well, I mean, I don't even. I, I was actually watching some He Man not too long ago, and I was like, that, that just that... He Man is by your definition certainly a superhero in that he doesn't do anything selfishly he has no personal stakes he just kind of like reacts to everything around him from from some kind of personal desire to just right wrongs as they happen yeah
1: so they can be drawn into things for their own personal reasons like batman hits but he is um He's driven by his own tragedies and obsessions, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's interesting. You're, you're, like, how Conan's journey is deeply personal. And yet Superman, we know, is a superhero because he he literally just, every day he goes outside and he's like, okay, what wrongs am I going to right today? But with Batman, it's a little more personal because for him, he is, it it is deeply personal. Like, everything he's doing is to right a wrong he can't possibly fix. mm. So is he a superhero or is he more like just kind of a crime fighter or a... He's uh... a superhero. All right, fair enough. (laughs) For certain.
1: Like I said, it's it's not about power. There's the identity thing which we discussed last time. Okay. And the fact that he is compelled to uh, oppose all crime, all wrongdoing. Yeah. You know, he, he is in an overarching fashion but is he isn't but he this. isn't
0: doing it out of some feeling of like there's an injustice in the world he's doing it because he's mad his parents are dead
1: he sees an injustice in the world though surely that's true but it's, it's from not a... just because his parents are dead that's uh, hmm. that's where it starts yeah you see that's he could catalyst. write that wrong he never does okay but let's say he he right i don't know of a, i don't know of a good example but sometimes superheroes start with a personal story yeah. and they just remain in the hero position well you know it's
0: a great example of that is spider-man because ah. he's the guy right like he, he has a personal stake his uncle ben is murdered by the criminal that he let pass and within yep. the same story he does defeat that criminal and then f- henceforth never stops being spider-man and writing wrongs so in that okay. case that completely f- fills in what you said like that completely matches your criteria or the criteria of that is possible. Oh, it's a episode.
1: hypothesis, right? Exactly. Let's say that I, I'm not trying to come to any conclusion here. I'm no, it's
0: true. Uh, yeah, we're not. A we're not <laughs> yeah, it's... exactly. We're not. We're not uh, solving any mysteries today. But uh...
1: not today, no, no. But, uh, yeah. Like I said, I'm not. I I think uh, I think dwelling on power would be a great mistake in super villains as much as it is in heroes, because you know I think. Clashes of power versus power is the least interesting way you can have a villain challenge uh, a superhero. Absolutely. In fact, my favorite sort of configuration is when the villain is vastly less powerful Mm. than the hero. Uh,
0: Why do you think that is? Is it it because they have to be more resourceful, more ingenuous, or is it because, like, uh, or for some other reason?
1: Because I think challenging power with just raw power is boring. There's something more interesting. and There's something more humane about a villain that will challenge someone with virtually infinite power like uh, Superman. Right. Who, with, with um, less resources and still challenge them. Because Superman's weakness isn't power. You can talk about Kryptonite all the time. Sure. But where you will challenge him is in his character and his morality yes. and what drives him. That's where you get to... To Superman, if you want a, a villain that challenges Superman, that's what you would do. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the best Superman stories revolve around that sort of thing and not someone of equal or greater strength showing up that Superman then has to overpower.
0: No, it, it, if, if ever there is a story that is hinged upon an equally powerful Superman, and I'm saying a Superman with like a lowercase s, who battles mm-hmm. Superman with an uppercase s, uh... There's always something multi-layered about it or they are being used by a, another power that needed to use that to either distract him or to take yeah. him off the table so they could accomplish some other goal. I will say, though, the death of Superman story is exactly as you describe, where it's just yes. they invent a character for the story who is just as powerful as him and they punch each other until they both die. And, and fill it in later. Right. And they don't even bother. Like, they, they kill... And what's great is for them, they're like, oh, we, we killed him, so we don't even have to bother to tell you his origin. They do, of course. They tell, like, four different yeah. stories after that about that character. But, and, but they fill it in later, like you said. Uh, as they call it a retcon. Um, but it's a very... It's not a very enduring story because there's no... There's nothing juicy or interesting about it. It's just, watch Superman punch this guy... And well, you know,
1: that's that's why I bring it up because I'd read that a oh, long really? time ago. I, I'd read the Death of Superman.
0: I feel like everybody had to have at some point, right? I mean, yeah, it was such well, a, it was a big deal. Yeah,
1: but I remember feeling that. I remember thinking this is no good because it's there's nothing to it.
0: I remember being cheated. I remember being like, really, Lex Luthor didn't do it? Some like, because when I was reading comics back then, I was not reading Superman. So my first one of my first Superman comics that I ever bought with my own money was that one. Yeah, and so my cultural understanding of Superman. Was completely out the window because I'm like, who, who is Doomsday? What does this mean? And before you knew it, it was over and they were and everybody was dead. And then I kept reading Superman after that, and what I found out was how uninteresting that could be, <laughs> and how <laughs> it was also interestingly enough, though, a, a a a it was not emblematic of what the series normally was. And if you read <laughs> books before that and after that, they're all multifaceted and they all usually have to do with characters that have that are vastly underpowered compared to Superman, but still pose a credible threat.
1: I think a lot of the key villains of superheroes are less powerful. I think this might be more of a DC thing than a Marvel thing. Now, I'm only going off the movies. Sure. But in a lot of the movies that Marvel puts out, the villain is challenging directly on terms of power, whatever their motivations might be. But It comes down to a punch-up. Right. And um, it's usually either they're a mirror of the hero which is the dullest and least interesting thing you could possibly do
0: yeah (laughs) it
1: keeps keeps happening and um or or they're just equal power when i look at the 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 list of 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 villains for for some of the heroes there's a lot of clashing of power going on that's why i say like you don't fight you don't beat superman by punching him right you know that's the, the weakest thing. DC's movies are terrible for this, actually. They're doing it wrong, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know why, but they they seem compelled to put a, 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 a villain that's that can punch the hero hard enough to win.
0: Well, I think it's because they, they have not done that for so long, and the loudest voices have been clamoring for that. That's where uh, Man of Steel, the first Superman movie in the modern times of superhero movie making finally has a character who can punch Superman, even though if you actually go back, you can watch Superman two in which he literally fights Zod, who's the same power. Um, But even in that, the power struggle has changed because I don't know if you, if you're up on your 1978 (laughs) Superman movies, but uh, uh, (laughs) Superman two Superman has, he, he takes his own powers away so that he can be with Lois. And it's at that time Mm. that three new Supermen appear so Superman is the depowered one, and they are the more powerful ones, and it's it's that's an interesting dichotomy. But uh, but they were really interested in being like with Man of Steel and with DC. After that, they're like we're gonna we're gonna show Superman really like actually display his power because for the most part, if you're watching a Superman movie and it starred Chris Reeve, there was like an hour and a half of him either standing in his Superman costume or not being Superman. And then maybe 20 minutes of actual conflict and, and his villains often were Lex Luthor with a real estate scheme or a computer. And that's kind of what you got. And it's interesting, actually, if you look at those movies, the fourth one, which is arguably the worst one is the arguably, uh, yeah, I guess, no, it's not even an argument. I think we all know it's the worst (laughs) one, but it's the one that has an actual other Superman in it that Superman can fight one-on-one. And it's, Easily the worst one. It's the one that kind of delivers on what people have been asking for, and yet once you get it, you're kind of like, oh, it's really unfulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that movie is also just lousy on its own. Uh, you didn't need the uh, you not need the Solar Man for that. But anyway, uh, it, it actually I was thinking about what you said about how Marvel versus DC. I think it's a dead heat because I was thinking about Spider-Man's villains and how most of them are just kind of regular people in. Suits that that mess with that with him on fundamental levels. Like his arch nemesis, arguably, is the Green Goblin, who is just a billionaire in a goblin costume. Like he is not super strong. Uh, He does have like a goblin formula that makes him a little more strong, but Spider Man is easily more strong than he is. But he, he he attacks Spider Man on a fundamental level, where he's like, I indiscriminately murder people, and I killed your girlfriend, and I like he's he's he he attacks Spider-Man psychologically. Yeah. That's why well you challenge a superhero. Yeah. Because they're invulnerable otherwise. But I think that also is uh, a problem because, and that's kind of like we're getting to the core of the issue. Um, you know, when you think about supervillains and you think about rogues gallery, um, there are about three superheroes who have recognizable villains, like multiple villains or a yeah. really good rogues gallery. Yeah. For the most part, Outside of that, they might have one good or recognizable villain, and it's just because it's hard, I think, or at least they think it's hard, to make challenging, interesting villains, and like that might be why you see, in especially those Marvel movies, uh, villains being just mirror, dark mirror versions of themselves. Iron Man, all of his villains are guys in iron suits. Like in different versions of Iron Man's costume, like (laughs) that's true, yeah. Like one is one is a communist, another one can make like wind, you know. Another guy can shoot cold, you know. But it's all the same thing over and over again. So, and and you'll see that trope copied throughout. I mean, look at Wonder Woman. You know, before they decided to really play up the whole god angle, and they made Ares one of her major villains her most recognizable villain was a woman who turns, who turned into a cheetah, like a cheetah woman, which is yes. a cool idea, but that's the, heard one, of this. that's the one that everyone yeah. recognizes.
1: I think the God of War shouldn't have been in the Wonder Woman movie.
0: You kind of ruined it. Where do you go from there? You don't. That's a
1: <laughs> fundamental issue is that <laughs> maybe it's not a fundamental issue, but I think that they aim too high. Like there seems to be a mentality. Maybe it's a Warner brothers thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe the mentality's back in, like, golden age of cinema. Movies are a big deal. Yeah. Uh, It's got to be the big villain. Who's the biggest villain in the movie? You know, we have to have the biggest possible villain. We've got to have Zod and Superman. Yeah. We can't just have Luther. Why, he doesn't have any superpowers.
0: Oh, when Superman and Batman team up, what are they going to fight? Doomsday. Like...
1: Oh, we've got to get that doomsday in there. Yeah, like... Boys, um, what have we got? Start small. Can't just be Luther.
0: You know you're going to make more of these things. I mean, but that's the kitchen sink mentality. That's, like... We don't know if we're going to get I, another shot, and also we don't I, have enough faith in the pro- in the property.
1: It's terrible because the best villains are all vastly less powerful on DC side. I'm talking about yeah, vastly less powerful than the heroes, and it was the dumbest thing ever. Was Justice League bringing oh. in this clown <laughs> for a start? Even going for their cosmic stuff was the bad move because Marvel's doing that. Yes, and no matter what, it, even if. Uh, Infinity War was disappointing and Thanos wasn't interesting. That would be a tough... But like you wouldn't... If it, if Marvel failed, then, oh, no, we're doing the wrong thing. The market's wrong. Yeah. O- audiences aren't going to... Uh, but if Marvel succeeds, oh, God, we've got to follow that. Yeah. Huge problem. They're, they're doing it wrong. What it should have been is a team-up movie right. of, like, the, the, the villains and the heroes. Yeah. And these vastly less powerful villains... <laughs> against the these powerful heroes but and yet they find a way right to challenge these heroes and, and vex them like the uh, you know the gwen stacy thing with the you can't save them both
0: yes that's <laughs> that's
1: a classic villain move it, that is that is
0: the the sadistic villain choice yes I yeah, which i think is kind of dead at this point i remember um i think in that in spider-man the movie from 2002 when yeah. when green goblin says you know I'm gonna make you make a choice. That's he says it out loud, like he acknowledges he's making the trope. I feel like okay, yeah. well, you're kind of done with this. You can't do it again, but they do it constantly. But I would take that at that point with with Justice League, especially. Just, there's
1: there's other ways.
0: Uh, there's a, yeah. Ex- well, you don't need to have it be quite so on the nose. People think that
1: DC should have set up their movies like um like Marvel. Marvel did with individual. Thought. I argue against that completely really? i think they should have gone justice league instantly because uh, marvel had already set up the atmosphere that people are ready for superhero team-up movies yeah they don't want five or six years of solo movies to build up to something because it'll be over by then and yeah. dc have a unique advantage in that their main heroes the ones that would be in the justice league need no introduction
0: mm. that's a great point
1: superman and batman mm. don't anyway yeah, Wonder Woman not. maybe. I don't know, but Superman and Batman, the two main ones. Yeah, you don't they need, need solo movies for them.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Exactly.
1: And they did that with uh, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman. You know, he's just there in in the Superman world. You didn't need to introduce him really.
0: Yeah, you don't see. He never gets like a solo adventure that establishes who this character is and what his motivations are, because at this point we get it. Although I will say, when they began, when when Batman vs Superman opens they do show you his origin again. Like they show you the Wayne's yeah. dying, which is like... Ah, uh, they do.
1: Mistake. Shouldn't uh, have.
0: Like, what, come, we all get it. Just like, well, and you've heard... You know, I, I don't, I don't want to get into a whole, like, let's compare Marvel and DC, because it's... It, it makes people uh, it's, crazy. no doubt a dead horse by now. Certainly. But uh, but, but I haven't
1: beaten that horse. R- exactly.
0: Oh no, God. we haven't heard the Bard's opinion about that. But uh, I will say, story. if you... Uh, if In keeping with what you were saying about getting a vastly depowered villain... To be more challenging to your hero. Did you see Spider Man Homecoming? Yeah. they picked, it's a good film. They picked the vulture. Yeah, who wonderful. Is, who is often overlooked. Usually he's a doddering old man, but in this case just like a dad. But still, he's he's a vastly underpowered compared to Spider Man character. His motivations yeah. are intimate and personal. And wonderful pathos right. out of that villain. And it makes for a much more interesting adventure that has you know, the city's not going to blow up. There's not a sky laser that's going to invade the earth. Uh. Uh, But instead, it's just like, will he make it to the homecoming dance? And will this plane crash or not? And that's like, those are the major central conflicts. And it's kind of cool. Like that's, and and, and it's so mature of them to know. And also the other thing, of course, is we didn't show you Spider-Man's origin because Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, Everybody knows yeah, those origins. That's right. We're good.
1: Spider-Man is probably the one Marvel hero that I can think of that wouldn't need an introduction to the broadest audience.
0: And and they knew that. So when they made yeah. Civil War, they're like, just put him in. And everyone gets yep. it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's great.
1: I agree. It was a, a, a wonderful film. Oh, it's yeah. like, you need pathos in your villains. Right. If, if you can do things where they're these giant inhuman monoliths, and that's okay, but there has to be something else going on. If you're going to have a villain... Firstly, they should be the focus, not the hero. Mm. Um, I think in this this context, that's why if you're gonna do the Justice League movie, have all the origins and all of the interesting you know focus, all the character stuff be on these villains because ah. they're the ones who are going uphill against the hero right <laughs> okay I mean and I think the least challengeable hero that I can think of. so I'm skimming off the top most mainstream here, the least, challengeable hero power wise is probably the flash because mm, he's he's the yeah what are they going to do a guy that's just as fast and a guy that's faster than him i like the two that's all they can do if if they do a flash movie you know it's going to be that yellow version or the other yellow version
0: yeah it's going to be fun uh, i mean like what's so funny is flash has it a, sucks flash has one of the few dc rogues that all get together like most yeah. of his villains all have a team called the Rogues, and they are interesting villains. It wasn't until they like reinvigorated the Flash franchise in the early two thousands that they finally like really pushed the yellow flash. But what they could have yeah, done I'm sure it's a,
1: a fine story, but on the surface it's uh jeez, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a guy with the same powers.
0: Well, it's it's frustrating because not only is it a guy with the same powers, but he also goes back in time and mm. he's sadistic and so like every story that has him in it is the most downer story like there's no joy that can be derived because it's always the most raised stakes but like oh, no. but if but if flash were to fight the mirror master who can open portals to the mirror dimension like that's that's silly and fun the the prankster uh you know yeah. there, there's a lot if of... I,
1: yeah I got it if I was to make like a flash movie
0: mm-hmm.
1: now okay I I would put captain boomerang in it and right. only captain boomerang because, well, A, he's one I know. B, he's vastly, vastly less powerful than the Flash. Yep. But C, he can challenge the Flash as well. Now, I don't know the characters very well, obviously. Mm-hmm. But this, like, the movie Flash, when you watch Justice League, he's uh, not experienced. He says, I've never been in a battle. Exactly. All I've done is push people <laughs> and run away. Yeah. And I think... They've already wasted Captain Boomerang and Suicide Squad, which also had to have some major world threat, blue laser villain.
0: Uh, yeah, you can't it, just
1: instead have of it... it should have just been the Joker. I think everyone knows it. Yeah, there's a huge there's a huge problem in Gotham. The Joker's up to this. Batman's not there. Crisis Hour. There's
0: yeah.
1: a, a lockdown area. Maybe there's poison or something. You know, right. whatever, whatever reason, manipulate it so that it's the these ragtag fools against the really experienced villain who challenges Batman regularly.
0: Right. It, it that, takes six of them to do what Batman can do. That's... Yeah. yeah, And they might that's, not be yeah, able to do it. Like, that's interesting. that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And one of them is Harley Quinn, so there's, like, yeah. conflict in there already. She's shoehorned in for popularity Very reasons, much so. Right. And she's the only she's one not, who
0: survived. They're gonna...
1: She's not popular for no reason.
0: Oh, no. That's or very so. true. Uh, and so, anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Captain Boomerang.
0: I love it. I had a...
1: I, I had a train of thought. Like, Captain Boomerang could probably... It could be so simple. He could be a guy who wants to do crimes in whatever city the Flash lives in. I don't even know it. Uh, Is it Star City, city or it's it's Central, a,
0: Central, Central
1: City? It's Central City, yeah. In Central City. But there's this huge problem. There's this superhero. It's the Flash. Yeah. He's really fast. <laughs> so what's Captain Boomerang going to do? Well, for a star, he's Australian, so he's probably an ex-military guy or sure. a, a hunter or, or something like that. So he'll, he'll beat him... He'll challenge him tactically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, he'll probably watch footage of the Flash and figure him out. He knows he's a kid who doesn't think about things. Right. You could even you could even like um, watchman an encounter between them. Oh. Like imagine, you imagine Boomerang's about he's like on a rooftop or somewhere he's about to break in, and like Clockwork, bang! The Flash appears. So I've got you now, Boomerang. What are you going to do? Throw a Boomerang at me? Yeah. And Boomerang could say, "Mate, I threw it ten seconds ago." Yeah. <laughs> Get half a beat and then the Flash takes a boomerang in the back of the head and, and is knocked out and and yep. Captain Boomerang gets away. Two or three times have him beat the Flash like that. And the point of the film, theoretically, I know this isn't a great premise for a film, hey. would be the Flash learning to maybe that not his powers aren't enough, even yes. though they're really amazing. It's like he's got to be aware, he's got to 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 think, he's got to know his opponent. He can't just trust I'm I'm super fast, I'll handle this. What's he got? Boomerangs?
0: Right. No, it's true. You like, know, he
1: learned something about being a hero and and carrying the weight that he takes on as a superhero. Yeah. Because this this vastly underpowered person.
0: Just making him look fool. Like
1: yeah, able to undermine him completely. There's a, a theme there. Yeah. And no doubt there's something interesting about Captain Boomerang we could do as well. Have oh, some sure. pathos.
0: Yeah, give him. Like, I mean, well, you know, if you're Hollywood, like, make give, him, s- give him a kid. Make the a kid sad, you know? <laughs> That's usually that's what how they I did do. With a Sandman in the third. Oh my god! Yeah, that's, that's a
1: classic example of he should have been the only villain.
0: Right. Oh, and you know it was. That's uh, unfortunately that was another situation where they're like, okay, well, I want to tell this intimate story about this like sad man who also turns into sand, and they were like, yeah, but we can't sell too many toys of Sandman. We want to. We got to get Venom in there. We got to make it like we got to up the stakes, and and, and it gets oh. complicated, and the bottom completely falls out from under it. Yeah.
1: It does. You can't have nice things. (laughs) Not often. The superheroes, they're too popular to have good movies these days.
0: Yeah, that's like, that is so insightful and it's so depressing at the same time. (laughs) Unless
1: there's like some real bravery and some real confidence shown by, I guess, who's holding the the strings in the people who's making the stuff. Because Homecoming is a great example. Yeah. And I believe the upcoming Spider Man film looks to be. Looks like it might be yeah, another another I'm, good. One.
0: I, I, I I don't think
1: right. I don't think we're going to see that out of DC at all. Even with uh, uh, what's his name, James Gunn.
0: Oh, uh, suicide. directing Suicide Squad 2. And I think it's going to be like a reboot of Suicide Squad. So they're going to do it all over again.
1: Are we? Oh no, that's Thunderbolt. I was going to say, are oh. we going to get Troll? Because I love this character, Troll.
0: Troll. I think her name. I
1: think her name's Troll. Oh, this is embarrassing. But <laughs> is it
0: Troll. I'm not sure. It, I don't from know from the Suicide Su- Squad.
1: No, from Thunderbolts, like oh. the Marvel equivalent. I got. I, sometimes I get Marvel and DC confused. Well, that's fair. <laughs> My friend, the elf. Hang on, i have got to Google it. You right. edit this out.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. that's troll. She yeah, there gets is. gets a- around in a um, Yeti skin or some nonsense. Wow, She's a Thor character, I think. You are completely right. I, uh, yeah, I have no like, familiarity with will- troll. She looks like
1: exactly my kind of character. Very silly, yes. But, you know,
0: but wields an axe
1: and, uh... and that sort of thing. Yeah. You know me? Now I'm all about that. That if I could see something like that on on screen, it might not be good, but I know I'd like it. You'll like, take it. <laughs> you know, I like the Suicide Squad movie, and it's terrible. Yes. I famously think Deathstalker is unironically good.
0: Oh, you like I, Deathstalker? I, I... Oh, I, no. <laughs> I legitimately like Deathstalker. I don't like
1: it ironically, mm-hmm. and I, I don't like it because it's so bad it's funny, although it is. It's all of these things. It's garbage. But you also but
0: enjoy like, the, the earnestness of it, the fact that they're trying to do something. Earnest, I think it's a tremendous example
1: of, of sword and sorcery at that time, the state of sword and sorcery That's at that fair. time, the way the yeah. fantastic imagination was. It's got one of the all-time great performances of a sorcerer, in film, across all of all of sword and sorcery, for all the fantasy film, this is the classic evil sorcerer, like archetypal. You could say this of of Falser Doom, played by James Earl Jones yes. in Conan the Barbarian, but even he is too subversive. This character, you imagine evil sorcerer in the eighties. Yes, this is he's it, it. <laughs> Munkar. His name is oh. Munkar. Is, is that, and he's played exactly like that in the most generic way, and he's a perfect example. I can't think of a better one. Well, I probably could have if I, if, I, if, if we challenged you, current, yeah. if I wasn't currently thinking about Deathstalker, oh, right. I
0: think,
1: <laughs> But I've got Deathstalker on the brain. It's a terrible movie, right? But it's got some good scenes. It is less than the sum of its parts.
0: Well, it does that. That's thing.
1: how I visually. Describe.
0: That's fair because I it, it's it does that thing that you couldn't do anymore. Where it has that grit, and it—I it, don't know—I'm not a sword and sorcery kind of guy, but I do recognize genre when I see it. And mm. when it comes to sword and sorcery, it—I—the only time you can really make it for me is in the '70s and '80s, because yeah. it needs like it needs film grain. There needs to be dirt and dust everywhere. People There's need to be certain... hungry and tired while making it. There just needs to be this 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 raw humanity associated with it for me, like yes. like it looks like it was a bitch to make Conan. It looks like oh. Deathstalker. Like no one was happy making that movie, and it needs to feel like that because that's the era you're portraying. It's this era that never existed, that is that is not fair. It's almost Lovecraftian in the fact that it, like the the world doesn't care about you. But if you know the right tricks, you can manipulate the the, the the natural forces of the earth. Like, for me, that's, like, that's fascinating. I don't know if it, like, you know, but I'm a comic book kid, so, you know, how that is. But, uh... Yeah. But, uh, but, no, yeah. It's, it's, uh,
1: There's a, a mean-spiritedness...
0: Exactly,
1: thank you. ...to Deathstalker that, while it doesn't really reflect, maybe, like, the core sword and sorcery tales... Sure the assumptions about those tales that are disseminated in society, it, it captures that, that feeling, you know, that yeah. the world is, is this terrible, brutal place. Right. And, and it's terrible. And the fact that the movie's awful, maybe reinforces
0: that. <laughs> That's <'cause> fair.
1: <laughs> you yeah. watch it and you think, Oh no. God.
0: Yeah. It's a Death place. Deathstalker
1: two is a fantastic movie. I recommend deathstalker two to anybody.
0: And the, the, by the way, the best title reveal I've ever seen in a movie
1: that's right. Uh, because I have Death- my revenge and, and Deathstalker, Deathstalker too. too. <laughs> oh my
0: god. <laughs> How great. What a perfect delivery. Um, <laughs> it's uh, a great film. Yeah. I, it's it's For me, it's like, it's got to be a world you don't want to live in.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know. But full of characters that you would love to be.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, because you know, the only way I could survive this if I was that person. <laughs>
1: That's why characters like Conan, the barbarian hero, was such a great ideal, because they thrive in that world under their own power. That's the fantasy of these these characters: is, oh, gee, I wish I had the capacity to uh, uh, affect the world and and thrive in the world just under my own power, that I don't need society or I don't need uh, to conform or have a a, a stake in other people. I don't need to be rescued. I'm not dependent. I'm, and I can change the world and affect the world, not because I have permission to, or not because I'm a chosen one or not because I have special powers, just because I, recognize that i am uh, i have those capacities already as a human being and as an individual you could feel the
0: he-man exclamation i have the power from that description just the fact i I was actually watching a documentary about like toys the other day and it was uh one of the chapters was about he-man and the master universe action figures in the show that came from it and how the i don't know how i'm sure you you know all about this as well but like the idea that like the He-Man figures were made, and then they were like, okay, we have to also create, like, a universe around the toys. And so the first thing they did was make a Marvel comic about it, and that yeah. was actual sword and sorcery. There was no Prince Adam. There was no secret identity or, like, goofiness. And one of the problems they, they that the, that the executives saw were, like, well, if the toys are rated for children who can't read, then how are they going to enjoy the comic book? And they're like, oh, well, that's because we're working on this cartoon show that we hastily put together immediately following this meeting. And uh, one of the market research recognitions was children want power. And I don't think that actually is just limited to children. I think it's just that's a human trait. Everyone wants the power. it's like, what does the power mean? Like, it's just, no, they want power to affect their environments. And children are testing those fences all the time. And that's, I think, why He-Man is wound up being so, you know, so so effective, even though there were a bazillion other things coming out at the exact same time that we're all jockeying for the for the public eye and for children's attention. And it's just it's all boiled down to He-Man yelling, I have the power and being like, you're me, you know, I'm your ride along character. You're supposed to see me and see see yourself in me. And so when you're playing He-Man, you say, "I have this power. I can affect change in my environment and everything." Um, so yeah, it's just a, it was just an interesting thing. you said, got me. Fascinatingly enough,
1: that. in in a comparison between like uh, classic barbarian heroes such as Conan, I just compare Conan to He-Man. Yeah. He-Man has this power, but he has it on condition. Right. He he has to pay obeisance to to Grayskull. Yeah. He only has his power when he held aloft his magic sword and said...
0: <laughs> I have the power. By the
1: power of grace, Yeah. You know, he has to... There's, there's a ritual that he has to perform before he gets his power. Yeah. He he, he doesn't have true freedom. No. This is the same thing with Red Sonja. Mm. You know, she doesn't have the, the truth of freedom either, although she is a, a relatively fantastically free character as far as on it. And I never read uh, the old Red Sonja comics until recently. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh no, I never did. I read the book series. I have a series of books, and that's my Red Sonja.
0: That makes more sense. I mean, like the comic did. I think the comic did a good job of launching Red Sonja into the public eye, along with the movie. But you know, the movie, I don't know. I, I was not a big fan of the movie. But uh, no, neither am I. <laughs> but uh, it's
1: it's a series of situations where Sonja gets rescued by Conan, which is uh, and
0: not Calidor. Calidor, not it's Conan. Not <laughs> Conan. By Either the way, distinct. why didn't they? I mean, like. Was it was it really not the same studio? Just make a Conan, like just give us what we want, people. Um, oh, there was
1: some. Ironically
0: enough, they they have Conan and Red Sonia have have been like the the rights, the comic book rights to those characters have shifted so often over the last twenty years. Like Conan was with Marvel, and then it went with uh, with Dark Horse or Dynamite or something. And Red Sonja used to be with Marvel, and it's just switch swap back and forth. So you can, you've never, they never quite got that sweet spot where you can finally see Red Sonja and Conan, adve- like, share an adventure together. Um, Hang on a minute.
1: Well, they did share adventures many times. Yes, they, they have. They? So,
0: oh, yeah, oh, no, they exist in, they, don't they normally exist in the same universe? Yes, they do. They definitely do certainly so it says uh, at the start of every every book
1: in the same world the self same lands one of the few worthy swords to match conan's was that of red sonya now hang on look i, I have a giant red sonya statue here that i'm going to unbox oh excellent spoilers oh hell yeah yeah i can't wait let me have let me, let me have a look at my uh, the box here and see if there's like a trademark and brand or... oh that'd be great i don't know who has it nowadays like
0: I think, uh, yeah. I don't know who owns Red Sonya or who's licensing her now. No, I don't see it. It's probably dynamite,
1: though. My memory says dynamite.
0: Yeah.
1: It might have changed since this statue was made.
0: Well, that's probably true. Uh, let's see. But whatever.
1: Spoilers. That's what I'm doing. Is, next. is she
0: as big as the Conan one you have, or is it. Uh... Yes. Oh, yes,
1: it's cool. a large a large figure of Sonya as companion to my Conan that's statue. That's fantastic. So that-
0: man i can't wait for that (laughs) Um, can i yeah right now now that that kills me man you like one of your one of your 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 basic things about unboxings you do not look like you 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 don't open them until it's on camera so it'll just sit there
1: do people open them off camera
0: i i i honestly don't know we're not really big on surely they don't but uh well you surely they don't
1: because you see people take the wrapping off yeah that's
0: true well and you know what it is though you you make a whole product your whole thing is the the experience and the journey you take through the unboxing whereas most folk just open the box and they go well, there it is <laughs> it's, yeah it's basically like a wish fulfillment like you're 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 me and we're both opening the box together whereas you you take someone on a journey through the story well, of the of the piece with figures, I open
1: the figure. Well, with everything now, actually. I open the thing. Yeah. I have a little, like, I, you get some, like, initial reaction to it, but then I go away and study it for a while. Sure. And then I'll, I'll formulate what I think, which is really tough sometimes. Sometimes it takes a long time occasionally because, like, especially with Medusa, Bad. I had enormous trouble because I'd be nearly finished and then I'd think, no, you know, I don't really think that anymore. <laughs> My ideas would change. Yeah. With Medu- and it took a long time to make. I think it was like nearly a year. And the last one was nearly a year. But that's not the reason it took so long. Hmm. Sorry about that, anyone who was waiting for me to return, by the way. <laughs> should, they be, should they be listening? Yeah. <laughs> Assuming that this doesn't get edited out. Right. Um, uh, it, 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 it takes a while, like longer than it should normally, which is why I'm very leery of trying to go professional with this, because I don't want to get caught in the loop where I have to put content
0: out. Oh, no. that That is because the... It- that's a surefire way to lose interest. Like You're going to be sick of it. You're going to be doing it for all the wrong... You know you're doing it for the wrong reasons, and you don't want to... Yeah. And it stops being fun. Like, I assume... We'll start putting uh, like, clickbait that... titles on and... right Well, that's, you know, that's a whole other aspect of the business that's not fun or you know pretty, but... You're, you're, you're already
1: well. there. So. Yeah, yeah. I saw that D&D title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I still absorb problems. I still people occasionally... People I know will say, oh, "Why do you say it's the best version?" I say, "I didn't say that." No, you
0: didn't say it. I, I could. alter title it at this point—it's just the title. There's a,
1: there's a question mark on the title. Yeah, it doesn't mean no, it's, it's an
0: implication. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if you haven't seen that episode, fight. it's a great—it's a great conversation. You, you 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 make some great postulations about like which oh, which versions are superior. I'd love,
1: love to revisit. I listened to it back partly, not that long ago, and I remember I was going on. To launch, I was talking about like the hunting skill, and I got halfway through a point I was trying to make, and it just got lost. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) the perils of podcasting. It is, you know. Which, you know, we're a long way from supervillains.
0: That's true. That's true. But uh, let's take it back. Is Skeletor a (laughs) supervillain?
1: Yeah, I'd say is. Is he because he mans the superhero?
0: Right, but he's so. (laughs) At what point, I guess, because you said power doesn't equate supervillainy but uh, I was going to say because Skeletor is so ineffectual. And he's such a he like he's almost like a parody of a of a villain.
1: Uh, now remember early on I said it doesn't matter if you succeed exactly. or how successful
0: you are. You just have to challenge he the
1: hero. He challenges He-Man.
0: Yeah, and that's all he needs to do. That's it.
1: Well, if we apply the same idea regarding superheroes being like overarching if it, is a supervillain a threat to everybody, if, if a superhero might be considered a savior to everybody in the ideal archetype. Right. Is a supervillain a threat to to everybody?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I Maybe. Mean, I have to assume so. I think it's that if 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 we're going to use the same criteria like uh, uh, the supervillain exists because he is in opposition to the superhero and the superhero is a superhero because their interests are not selfish and they are overarching then that means that the villain's goals must be in opposition to the hero and as such the villain's uh, plan must have must also be overarching and, and and affect the world so to speak or at least the city or a larger of concerns it's not that they i think that's also why you get more interesting but arguably like more difficult There's... to write stories where the supervillains like i'm gonna affect the hero personally mm. as opposed to i'm gonna blow up the city or i'm gonna you know poison i don't think it holds
1: i don't think it holds not on a archetypal level. no i think you're like right. I- Superman might well solve any problem. He'll do the cat out of the tree. Yeah. And I guess Lex Luthor is famous for stealing cakes at one point. But I don't <laughs> think I, I don't think supervillains in general will stoop to the lowest crime. No. They might, but individuals might. But I don't think you can say it on the archetype. No. Supervillains—they're a response. You see, this is why I think underpowered villains are the key. Mm-hmm. Is because they are well, sort of returning to an earlier point um because superheroes disrupt normality they're like a a response of normality to this disruption yeah so they're much more ordinary than the the hero these the the best ones like the joker is much more ordinary than batman is in in a certain sense he doesn't have all of the resources or the power the only thing he's really obsessed with seemingly is the batman
0: exactly which is why i think people are so quick to use that character but also why it's so unrewarding when they try to make the the Joker something other than a a guy who screwed up or a guy who has clown makeup on who's fighting. back. Luther.
1: Luther's the same. Yeah, like I don't think he would be as deadly a villain if Superman wasn't there to sharpen him.
0: I I think, and it's explored in a multitude of stories that oh, if, why, if if there were no Superman, Lex Luthor would be the hero. Yeah. Um, of that's course, there's a great story, uh, Superman Secret Origin. I think uh, it's by Jeff Johns, but it's a, it's it's basically like a retelling of his origin for the umpteenth time, um, and that's another, by the way, whole exploration. I I, I mentioned this in, a, in an earlier show on another unrelated thing, where I'm like, the most successful Superman stories are retellings of his origin, and it's harder and harder to find like enduring, long lasting you know, like, revisit all the time stories about Superman where he's just on an adventure. hmm And I think that's kind of, like, that's something that's worth exploring. I don't know about today, but, you know, certainly it's, it's it's weird. Like, I was like, why is that so, why is that so, why is it so true? <laughs> um, Maybe
1: because he's harder to challenge.
0: I, uh, that's exactly right. Well, it's why... Like,
1: in a, in a discrete adventure, like, you can have, like, a powerful thing comes up and will he overcome this challenge? Yeah. And it doesn't have to get psychological. It can just be an adventure. Sure. I think that's easier to do with less monolithically powerful heroes.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could do that with Green Otherwise,
1: arrow it, or... Dragon Ball is terrible.
0: <laughs> because
1: it... it. I saw some of it back in the day, and I remember thinking... This is when I was young. Yeah. I, I remember thinking, this is just a repeating cycle of power smashing against power. Yes. And the solution is always for the hero just to oh, to get more powerful get more, power. more powerful. Yeah. And then a more powerful villain shows up. Ugh. It's much worse than Superman for that.
0: Oh, yeah. Well,
1: because I'm never... sure there's some... I'm sure there's nuance in there and I'm sure some Dragon Ball fans can tell me all about oh, it. Oh, and they it's will. Not... <laughs> but, uh... Well, I hope so because it's interesting. But it's it's not on the surface. Like, you don't see it.
0: No, no. I think
1: I watched... I think I watched this, one of the early-ish seasons of Dragon Ball Z... Mm-hmm when i was young around when Frieza shows up
0: yeah i got up to Frieza, and i was like all right well i can't do this anymore
1: that's when i started noticing i was like yeah this is just the more powerful guy because he goes through like eight forms or however many yeah
0: exactly but there was and, never a time when like someone who isn't powerful challenges Goku. it's always somebody who's more powerful and it's off the scale and we got to find well,
1: there should be such a time
0: yeah i would love that <laughs> interestingly enough
1: interesting. I, I don't think goku is a superhero
0: mm, no i don't think so either because i don't i don't really know what his motivation is but it,
1: he seems to just have a uh he's very monastic as far as i can tell you yeah. that he his goal is perfecting himself
0: right yeah but not to and make the world better his, or safer it's just to be the best
1: yeah and his, his arch rival vegeta seems to be just no i will be that. no he just wants to oppose Goku. He, yeah, he wouldn't care if Goku wasn't there. Oh, He's well, Luthor.
0: Yeah, he. Well, uh, Frieza. <laughs> He's not vastly less powerful. Or Vegeta. I. I. I see Vegeta as more like he is the opposition. He is the. He is the adversary. Like mm. if there was no Goku, he'd kill himself. You know, because like, there's nothing left for him to do. Like my motivations are found in my opposition to you. Um, whereas luther I, I think he's it's funny actually although that might be that might be more true than you than than i than i originally thought the idea that if there were no superman that luther would say oh finally i've achieved my goal and then realize that he has nothing like that he is that his that his, his desires are empty now because all he did no. was oppose superman
1: you don't need an antithesis if there's no thesis
0: right exactly
1: and a, as that definition of an antithesis the textbook example would be a supervillain who's vastly less powerful than the hero yeah
0: which uh because it's yeah which we've established is usually more interesting and uh that's fair yeah
1: well there has to be something else it's like right. thanos was very interesting in infinity war but it wasn't because he was powerful no and if he was only powerful he'd be boring he usually... Because Steppenwolf sucked. Steppenwolf ugh. was only powerful, and when I watched that movie, all right, t- <laughs> yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but is the only reason they resurrect Superman
0: to punch Steppenwolf?
1: He, he's he's the only guy who can punch Steppenwolf hard enough. Oh,
0: Steppenwolf! It goes even further than that. Steppenwolf doesn't come to Earth until he finds out that there isn't someone more powerful than him to punch him. Like when uh. he finds out there isn't a Superman, that's when oh. he's coming, and it's like, ugh. And so we have to bring Superman back. Now, that being said, as I understand it, there was another like plot about Superman. That, but I think they couldn't change so much that those were the motivations for bringing back Superman and how Steppenwolf shows up. Um, yeah. Steppenwolf is, might be one of the worst villains in a superhero movie I've ever seen. And I've seen Tank Girl. Uh, oh, man. I like Tank Girl. I like Tank Girl, too. But it's just Malcolm McDowell with a bionic hand. Yeah. I was just watching uh, Star Trek Generations the other day, and I'm like, You're just doing the same character you we're doing in Tank Girl, man. God damn it. <laughs> 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 now it's just now I'm like, now I want to watch Tank Girl. What am I doing here? But uh But yeah, Stephen no, Steppenwolf Wolf sucks. I, but like and Thanos is interesting because I feel like the people behind the MCU are going, like, okay, when we get Thanos in here, he had better be interesting because Well, because if you look at him in the the comics, when he first comes up, he is just really powerful and he wants like and he worships death like he loves death, which is they got rid of that. They sure did. And much to his benefit, because while it might work in the comics, this works better in the movie. And he's certainly more humanized in this movie than he ever was in the comics um it works it works wonderfully it does he, he's a it, interesting yeah he's not quite the comic pass-off. thanos but he's he's a character at the very least he, you might even argue that thanos is the protagonist of infinity war because he is. because there's too many characters in infinity war for you to like pin down who is the hero of infinity war and it's like well if you look at it from thanos's point of view then it's thanos but if you look at it from the hero's point of view like who is the ride-along character who's the who's the whose journey are we going on i guess it's iron man but uh you know but you could argue yeah. it, but you could argue for everybody at that point because everybody shares equal screen time protagonist doesn't just mean good guy right it just means the character we're going whose journey we're following it, so it, 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 actually protagonist there's a wonderful example
1: if um anyone plays wolfrop warhammer fantasy role play, it's uh there's a character career you can have called protagonist really <laughs> and uh, what a protagonist is is that they pick fights in bars <laughs> for money, like they'll, they'll, you'll. If you've got a problem with someone, you'll tell this, this protagonist. Yeah, and you'll say, right, that guy. It's a person who gets things happening. Right, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And if yeah. you look at it from that perspective, Thanos is the get things happening guy. Definitely. In um, in 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 Infinity War. Yeah. You know? He see none of that exists beforehand. He's not very well set up. No. Like, but he didn't need it, ultimately.
0: Yeah, it turns out that he was strong enough, as a character, I mean, uh, to just introduce pretty much... Because you see him, you know, he shows up in Guardians, but he says a couple of pithy things, but you don't get anything out of him. And the rest of the yeah. time, he's either turning over his shoulder or he's grabbing gloves. Like, there's nothing inter- There's nothing that says... Like, the the audience who likes comics or who read comics or who's a big fan of Thanos, like, they inform their own understandings of what's happening in those scenes because they have the baggage and the filmmakers are going, yeah, but everyone else hasn't read those comics and knows nothing about him. And we need to make it, like, we need to make him not only introduced in this movie, but also introduce his motivations and make him capable and succeed. And wow. It's, like, it's, 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 yeah.
1: They might not have set him up directly, but they set up a lot of material to work with.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so making was... me, I, I hope he doesn't die. But uh, uh, who cares? It uh, doesn't matter.
1: In the movie universe, he can die.
0: Well, Loki, for example, like Loki, I found, I, like I think everyone kind of agreed, like it, by and large, in terms of uh, you know going to see these movies, everybody kind of liked Loki, and it's just because Loki actually he doesn't die, so he's allowed to get, he's allowed to do more things that inform his character, as opposed to like, wouldn't it have been interesting? You know, this is this is me just fanboying, but like I really liked uh, Iron Man Two. Uh, but not for the for the Whiplash guy, but rather for Justin Hammer, the like anti Tony Stark character. Like the
1: I haven't seen Nine Man Two.
0: Oh man, well it's, it's not th- great. But uh, basically, uh, just oh crap, what is his name? Uh, Sam Rockwell plays like yeah. a kind of like cracked mirror phony version of Tony Stark. He's like, I'm a weapons manufacturer too, but I'm he. Everything about him is fake. Sounds good. And that's really interesting and fun and he's one of the best iron man villains in the entire like franchise and he only gets the one movie and we don't get to see him anymore and it's like man i would love to see where he ends up after this but we never get there um yeah anyway i went straight to three
1: a movie not being very good is no obstacle to me enjoying it
0: No, well that's your, your well death stalker but uh oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> what'd you think of iron man 3 just out of curiosity
1: i i loved it really well, to a degree.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I really enjoyed the Mandarin. Yeah. I didn't I didn't enjoy Tony Stark's parts, and I didn't enjoy the real villain. I liked the Mandarin, and I liked the fact that he was just a sham.
0: Really? Yeah, that's... that's, I, that's I, the, I thought that was really good. That's the point of contention. Like, most folk either say they hated the Mandarin because of the twist, or they like the movie because of that twist, because it was actually, like, trying to do something different. Um, yeah, it
1: was it was trying to do something different, but it can also come back. I, I think... um. It, God, See the the Mandarin when he's in like full character was such a cryptic yeah guy like because they they couldn't do the the Ming the Merciless copycat no, character they couldn't do it,
0: that uh, yeah you,
1: you can't you can't you those can't days are over
0: <laughs> yeah unless you you're can't doing cast like a...
1: Christopher Lee is as a Asian supervillain villain Ugh. anymore unless
0: you were doing like a <laughs> black dynamite version of Iron Man you can't get away with doing the Mandarin the way he was so yeah
1: but. So they got this really cryptic, weird guy who no one can understand. Yes. All right. That's really good. I would love to see him return and be the Mandarin fully. Right. Like, he's an actor, right? Maybe he's gone a little mad. Maybe he starts being the Mandarin for real.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because the only difference is one is an act and the other is... All the components are still there. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> that'd be cool you know, i'm
0: down for that that's
1: that's one way of doing it anyway exactly. or maybe if you're really lame you could say he's the mandarin all along and lost his memory
0: oh that's true they actually that uh, our... one of the films... there was like a short yeah
1: film wasn't there with the mandarin being taken away by somebody there in prison.
0: was oh no they the in the in the short marvel doesn't do these anymore but they used to and they were actually kind of fun um they were called one shots marvel did this ah. little like short movie uh where actually and by the way the sam rockwell characters in that movie too. Um, but, uh what was it? Yeah, no, it turns out there really is a real Mandarin, and he was offended by the Trevor Slattery, uh Ben Kingsley character's performance of him, and so the real Mandarin arranges for his prison break to bring him to the Mandarin, so Mandarin can presumably kill him.
1: Yeah, that's lame. Yeah. Kill him,
0: Slattery, because uh, Kingsley was too good. I agree. Well, and it's great because he... If you loved the performance of the Mandarin, he's doing a great job. But if you yeah. also loved the dual performance of he's a really convincing real Mandarin, and then he's a really convincing fake Mandarin, like that's great too. Like that's but that's that's Kingsley when he's actually given material, or as opposed to Blood Rain. But uh, oh. <laughs>
1: if you've never seen Blood Rain, by the way, uh, <laughs> I, I haven't. <laughs> Are video. you recommending Blood Rain? Oh no.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. But it's a... it's a Yeah. He Apparently he took that job because he always wanted to be a vampire. Keen. So, so he plays a vampire in that. But, you know.
1: Well, there's worse reasons.
0: Uh, that's true. I mean, you know. What was it? Uh, that's Chris Lee's career, practically.
1: Almost. <laughs> if you want to say he's typecast, then yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, just the... Well, anyway. I don't want to get into Star Wars, I was going to say. The only reason why he's Count Dooku is because... Lucas is making a Count Dracula joke. So, yeah, anyway. he was up for it. Oh yeah, oh he was happy to do it. Highlight of the movie too. He, his his it was very I I found it to be hammy but like welcome in those movies. I'm like all right yeah, go for it. He's having a good time. <laughs> Someone's enjoying these things.
1: Always always happy to see Christopher Lee.
0: He's great. Every time he is. that was that was was. Just a, just as a just as a geeky question uh chris lee as you probably know huge lord of the rings fan read them every christmas uh always wanted to play gandalf never gets to and instead plays saruman how do you think he should have gotten the gandalf job or do you think uh he was a better saruman
1: i think he was a better saruman i because there's something very arch and sinister about christopher lee right just just in, in the way he looks This is, some actors just have a certain look that lends them toward things. Just like Sylvester Stallone has a very sympathetic face. He really does. Down downtrodden. Uh, That's why he's perfect for that. that, He's not like monolith Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, Arnold
0: could not have have played
1: Rocky. There's nothing of the underdog. There's nothing sympathetic about Schwarzenegger. But there is with him. And so with Christopher Lee, there is something very arch and mysterious about him. Yeah, yeah. Arch. But Arch-Villain. Oh. Hey. That makes me think... Arch-Villain, you don't hear the word Arch-Hero. No.
0: But... Uh, I wonder why. What would that...
1: It sounds strange, but only because it's not used. Right. Is an Arch-Villain the same as a Super-Villain?
0: Well, I don't I, I don't so. even hear Arch-Villain. Usually I hear the Arch-Nemesis. But... Yeah. But it means it's, it's synonymous with, with Super-Villain.
1: It's synonymous. In common parlance, yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to, to get deeper into it, you, exactly. you'd need... If you want to get really specific, well, it's, and it's, it's, and, it's and worth having
0: when you get into like it's meta good. superhero or meta like stuff like uh, like the Venture Brothers, and they talk mm-hmm. about arching as a uh, as like a, a vocation.
1: We could have been talking about Friday the Thirteenth.
0: So I know you're right. I'm sorry.
1: Imagine where that could have. For anyone out there who's wondering, we had basically a choice of two topics: yep. super villains or Friday the Thirteenth.
0: And, uh, I
1: actually think that that would be an interesting conversation yeah. because the way I wanted to approach that was yep. um, through the hero motifs. Oh. What kind of heroic archetype is the final girl? Because the slash villain has an antithesis, right? Right. Or it's not not an antithesis, so to speak, but it's a. Um, well, I guess maybe it is. Well, we could explore the idea. Okay. Where of the so-called final girl? Yes. Who ultimately. Defeats them via surviving. Sometimes by slaying them, but they
0: often come back. Exactly. So it's never. But it's never really that. Like they never do kill them. Yes. Yeah.
1: You know. So that's a that's a topic I'd like to explore. What kind of, how that character relates to heroism, and uh, do they come into hero status by their encounter with, mm. with a, a monstrous force?
0: I mean, I'd have be to assume Jason that's true.
1: It's just Michael Myers or whatever. I love the recent Halloween, by the way. I thought that was a didn't very good I do not you see film.
0: it yet, but I heard it's excellent. I recommend it. Um, I recommend it. Very different. You know, like, I, I remember, um, did you ever see Halloween H2O? I love that film. Now, <laughs> it, it also deals with Jamie Lee Curtis's character returning and dealing with Michael, but two drastically divergent approaches to that concept. That H2O yeah, and and Halloween.
1: Very much. They are very much of the times they were made. mm those, both of those films, I believe.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The um, 90s were different.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's
1: H2O true. isn't very good, but I, I think it was... um. Well, I say it's not very good. I think it's good, but I, I don't think it's of the standard of the, the most recent one.
0: Mm. I can imagine... Well, I'm sure the motivations for making them were very different. Oh, yeah. You know, it was uh, H2O was entirely a cash grab, whereas this one... I think someone had an actual idea, and I know that. what was it Carpenter came back for at least some? Uh, he did the soundtrack. He did the soundtrack, it's,
1: which is what it's he, phenomenal. Which is
0: what he does now, uh, apparently. Which is the
1: soundtrack is wonderful. It's a legitimate good soundtrack that you remember. That's cool because and not one that
0: again as you as you might know john carpenter doesn't really believe in soundtracks like he's kind of like the guy who says music should be like wallpaper like you don't even notice it's really there but it, it uh, I, I recognize that there it's important for the movie i don't agree with him but
1: i don't agree with i well so often it is that way but ironically his soundtracks are really memorable Well, that's
0: what i'm saying like well especially you know if you think of like his his greatest works like the thing or,
1: um, yeah uh, his soundtracks are in the short list conversation for best ever right up there with uh, the conan soundtrack by basil Polidorus, mm. and conan the destroyer which isn't as good as the first one but it's
0: <laughs> but so it's, good it's, yeah
1: in there with ennio morricone oh yeah who who did red Sonja's soundtrack did he really okay. that's what i think of, for some reason i think of that instead of like the western, western. right i, uh, I it, believe you
0: did. ennio morricone by the way for those who are listening is like a celebrated spaghetti western uh musical you've, director and... You've heard his work and you know composer. it, even if... Exactly. All you gotta do is say, ooh, ooh, ooh. That's him. Wow, <laughs> hey. And you know it. Yeah, he also did... I think he did some music for, for Quentin Tarantino. Hey, yeah, maybe. Because um, Tarantino's a big... You know, he likes old movies. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, I think we've... I mean, we haven't really exhausted the topic, clearly, because we're oh, all over the place. But... Um, we had a discussion. We had I don't a discussion. not think we reached any any
1: conclusions. We no, no, none. I don't
0: know. I mean, I think we had a good. Uh, unfortunately, not not unfortunately, actually, kind of like um, uh, impressively, we kind of pinned down what a supervillain is within the first two minutes of the mo- of the episode. Um, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I should, have, should have buried the lead a little bit, but uh, but you know what? It was it, 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 we hooked people. You know what? You're listening to this. You're a sucker. We got you. But uh, we
1: certainly you know. determined. Which ones we find more interesting?
0: Oh, definitely. And I think
1: I think a good test of that is if you watch the Aquaman film, I which I like, I have no desire to see it ever again. <laughs> well, whoa, too long.
0: Here's my thing about the Aquaman movie. I don't need to see it again because I've seen it probably a dozen times.
1: How did you, you see it a dozen times? Because it's a terrible it's, idea. Because
0: it's every movie.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Like because okay, because I've seen <laughs> it is every movie. Because I've seen every scene in that movie six other times in other movies i enjoy it even has a scene from Deathstalker 4 oh well i didn't see Deathstalker 4 but uh, death
1: stalker 4 has a scene where death stalker and his female companion they're in a cave okay and the beast men come the alleged were beasts and they they knock the rocks down they seal the cave and i don't remember it verbatim mm-hmm. but i think the beastmen men say we've got you now death stalker and death stalker says there's no way out of this cave and then it immediately cuts to him and his companion riding through the woods. <laughs> it's never mentioned again. The same thing happens in Aquaman because they're in the inescapable cave. Yep. It cuts away and they show back up again later.
0: Oh yeah, that's right.
1: What is happening in this film? Yeah. I thought that was all right. Of course, they're going to be able to get out of that cave. Right. Super normal people.
0: Yeah, exactly. They'll just they'll just blast the wall or whatever. But it's uh. Yeah.
1: So why even have it? But in Deathstalker, it's like, oh man, It'll just help. <laughs> why? <laughs> You're thinking, oh boy, how what cunning plan will, <laughs> will Stalker yeah. employ to get out of this cave?
0: Ah, that's what we'll just the, cut. Well, that's one of the problems when you're ever watching a movie and you know that the filmmakers are incompetent is that any time that... Actually, it's, it's, it's great and terrible because sometimes you're thinking... You, you're, you're surprised by how clever they are. And you go, wow, yeah. I didn't know you were capable of such feats. And then other times you're like, this is the part where something really interesting would happen, but instead I bet they cut. And then they do. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, here we are. But, uh, yeah. but with Aquaman, here's, here's a question. Which villain did you like better?
1: That's the question I was going to pose to you. Okay. And I think it's easy to say that Black Manta is by far the more interesting villain. I think
0: Black Manta had the potential to be the most interesting. And I, I wanted to like him more. Yeah, me too. But I found his dad more interesting. And ah, like I wanted him would... to die, and for his dad to move on, like that would have been kind of cool. That would have
1: that would have been a, a nice twist.
0: Uh, but he, I mean, in the comics, he doesn't. I know they they had a they had significant uh, influence over the story, which may account for why people actually enjoyed it this time. Um, but uh, that might be the shortcomings of the actor who played Black Manta. I don't know. I I just I liked the guy who played the dad better. I just I found him more yeah. interesting and his motivations more. But... In- I
1: notice you're not saying the the oh the ocean master the other guy. Uh, no one, no one's saying ocean master because no. he's a he's equal power king of the realm. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, I, I will give it this. I like Patrick Wilson's performance. Like, I enjoyed. Like it. Like I bought it. I enjoyed. It, it wasn't it wasn't yeah. uh, ridiculous, uh, even though he looks and behaves ridiculously. You know, I, I I would
1: rather I would have much rather seen a film about Black Manta who is a, a mortal man. Rising to the challenge of the superhuman. Well,
0: and because there's literally only two Aquaman villains in his like Rogues Gallery, you will absolutely oh. see that in Aquaman too. <laughs> right. I mean, he does have other villains. I'm not. I'm. I'm there's really. No I'm being hyper. Squid Lord. Uh, I mean, there's every King thing. Crab. I uh, will listen. We we saw King Crab in that movie. And oh, what in the, in the big Lord of the Rings fight where we where Oh uh, yeah. And it's yeah. literally played by John Rhys Davies and he's just doing his yeah. voice. And I'm like, really? You're just going to, okay, well, you know what? I like John Rhys Davies and I dig King crab. So I'm in, uh, I don't know what his real name is, but I don't care either. And I'm not going to bother, but, uh, I, I enjoyed Aquaman. I, I think it's just like, like you said, I'm not, I don't need to see it anymore, but, uh, but that's okay. Yeah, Cause I, everyone I... saw it.
1: So, that's that's one of the movies I have no desire to see again. There's that and cannibal holocaust, I guess. I don't really want to see
0: <laughs> again. Well for for the same reason or because <laughs> oh, for,
1: No, for different <laughs> reasons.
0: Uh, just, it was
1: too long and too much like Lord of the Rings, so I don't want to see Cannibal Holocaust everywhere.
0: Exactly. That's I, I remember hearing a lot of complaints about that about that. Uh, Is it Italian comments?
1: directors always <laughs> Ripping off Tolkien. Oh yeah. <laughs> Although it was a great
0: insp- source of inspiration. No, for
1: Cannibal Holocaust is too horrible to watch again.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, it is. You're absolutely that's,
1: right. That's the real reason. That's I. But uh, this, I, I recommend it to people to watch once because it's a very important film. Mm-hmm. It's also an excellent movie. Right. But it is intensely unpleasant.
0: Right. It's it, yeah. That's why I can't. I don't really. I'm not a big Eli Roth fan. I think he enjoys. Uh, Eli, Roth. Eli Roth made uh, House of the Thousand Corpses. Um, the Devil's Rejects. Um, no, hostile. I thought that was Rob
1: Zombie.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. Eli Roth made Hostile. He made hostile. In Green Inferno. I am sorry, you're absolutely right. I don't like Rob Zombie films. I think he takes too much pleasure in 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 the like absurdly discomforting, and it, there's no just, purpose for it. It's just it's just like there to be upsetting. I don't
1: think oh, Rob Zombie can be good, but in a lot of his films, I don't think he does it with any.
0: Finesse.
1: uh i was gonna say yeah finesse i was gonna say class but, but yeah you're right yeah that's not quite that he doesn't do it with any subtlety or... no
0: i like rob zombie when he's in the band white zombie but uh, yeah. outside of that subtlety...
1: subtlety is not even the right word because i like cannibal holocaust and it's not subtle no
0: but it, it's 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 got finesse well, you know what's well, it's doing something it... deliberately as opposed to yeah. what i think i mean like it yeah hmm
1: and it might might be as good as it is by accident, though it, maybe not.
0: That's the thing. You need to see more movies by whoever made Cannibal Holocaust*. I don't remember. Uh,
1: the name escapes me. I keep wanting to say, I keep wanting to say Ennio Morricone, but I know he didn't do uh, it.
0: was Ruggero Deodato. Deodato. That's it, Ruggero. <laughs> but uh, I don't
1: know how to pronounce Italian names correctly. I, I so am yeah.
0: Italian, and I have no idea. So you're you're in good company. Okay. Well, not Italian, but I'm, you know.
1: I often get the the classic directors confused. Mm. I don't know. I, I quite often forget all of what, like whether Lucio Fulci directed a movie or not. <laughs> I know he did many of my favorites, like The Beyond and oh. things like that, Suspiria and other some of these classic supernatural films with very surreal themes. Right. But uh, Cannibal you. Holocaust is a wonderful film because it's uh, part of the great found footage canon. Right. As well. I think it might be the originating movie. Huh. I don't know if that
0: I, I don't know about that,
1: but it has a framing device, but all of the, the most horrible stuff is like on or maybe it's not all the most horrible stuff, but a lot of the stuff is on um, footage recovered from the jungle that was shot by these folk. Right. So i was gonna say like oh, i'd have to watch it again to be sure but i've got but, to... no no maybe i, should... <laughs> I don't know, no don't see
0: it again just just read the wikipedia watch... on it or something like i can watch selected scenes yeah pull it up on yeah. youtube that'll there's i'm sure it'll be broken up and you can just you can just pick and choose yeah maybe but uh but it's a, it's
1: yeah. a, it's an unpleasant film and i have delicate sensibilities uh <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's hard to believe
1: just, at this point just despite my canon list of other films that i really like
0: exactly uh
1: there's there's several several other movies like I nah it's not worth the <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go too far into whether or not I like the guinea pig movies or something like that which I do incidentally I thought flower flower of flesh and blood was a very interesting thing to watch it's a Japanese film okay but there's not much to it but there's something to it right it, it's it's also quite unpleasant it's famous I think this is the movie that Charlie Sheen. Reported to the FBI for being a snuff film. Oh, but when you watch it on DVD or Blu-ray, heaven forbid, okay. yeah, <laughs> you want to get nah. it in four K. The, like, oh. These effects don't hold up. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, it's it's evident. Right,
0: right, right. <laughs>
1: but when you're watching it on an eighth-generation VHS bootleg,
0: mate, then you never know. Yeah, no, that's you know that's a thing that like I kind of miss that no one that like is only going to die out this. Like, okay, this is a much tamer example, but when I was a kid, the only way I ever saw Aliens was Mm. through a grainy, like, thousand times watched VHS on a, like, crappy CRT TV that maybe had, like, eight colors. You know, it's really, really beat to shit. And that helped, like, maintain this illusion that it was, like just just so dark and, and hidden and and part of this i don't know it, what's interesting is i got it on blu-ray it's still yeah. it's still gorgeous and even though you lose the grain it's a great but it's a, it's like watching a completely different movie it's there's
1: something to be said for low fidelity
0: yeah yeah exactly
1: there's a tremendous amount of authenticity
0: that yeah. you, you
1: lose well, like you can't mistake something for it's not even about mistake. It's about the atmosphere that something might be real right? I guess, or willing to buy into the illusion. But when you see something in super high definition, 4K, I guess it is these days, yeah. unless they've come up with another number, You, you can only see it as a presentation.
0: Yes, they know. It's tough.
1: Yeah. It's harder to invest in certain films. It's great for some other films.
0: Yeah. It's like that
1: forty-eight frames debate, I think it was.
0: Oh yeah, I remember that it was, it was a, the Hobbit
1: was shot in forty. I,
0: I watched it in forty-eight frames and I thought it looked very good. I tried to see it and none of my theaters were showing. They were like, no. <laughs> I like think they just didn't yeah. do it, so I missed it out. Um, you can get uh, you can get a
1: similar effect from certain films that are played in a higher frame rate for three D.
0: Yeah,
1: I think I'm not actually sure, but it, it, I think
0: you're right because I when you look
1: at it, yeah. it's a little disconcerting because you you think, wait a minute, those are just costumes
0: right because it's happening it in front just happen? of
1: actors it's costume
0: yeah it does it it goes yes. from being this thing this this like window through which you're seeing this world to being it to having it you're you're part of it it's like if you were it's like, it's like if you were making yeah. the movie with them and then knowing all the bullshit that took place to make it happen it's like watching a stage play yeah but yeah i i
1: i don't think it should be adopted universally but i think there's a place for that i, I you know I, I think there's there's Films that could benefit greatly from from being shot in such a way. Yeah, maybe like more
0: so, uh, more like internal, like interpersonal dramas, like the kind of thing where it's like like it's happening in front of you. I yeah. don't know, like uh, the, the or, yeah, like Lord of the Rings. I maybe, don't think should be in four K, in in forty eight frames per second because it's it, it should yeah. feel like another place. It shouldn't feel like it's happening.
1: I I agree. I agree. Although you know, in saying that, the artificiality of seeing it in such great detail does kind of help with a little bit of the otherworldliness like mm. you do. There is a little bit of the uncanny about it. That's true. Where you can't quite believe what you're seeing.
0: Right. That's uh, that's so rare but when it happens I am so thankful for the effort that went in to make that to make that achievable. Um, exactly. Unfortunately they had to do with The Hobbit. I don't know if you're a big fan of The Hobbit movies but...
1: Uh... Uh, there's a lot in them that I, that I enjoy. Ultimately I think they were mistakes. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could have done without them. Yeah. And if right. we are going to have the Hobbit, could we have just one movie? That's all we need. Uh, we already yeah. have a really good Hobbit movie in the animated
0: Yeah, movie. exactly. You're good. You're good. And they they managed to make that work, but then again, you know...
1: It's a magical, magical journey,
0: that. Well, it's...
1: It's got a great golem. Yeah. There's some songs. I, I argue... Songs are really
0: good. I argue that the Rankin-Bass golem's the best golem. Like... I argue that, too. Yeah. Because he's... On certain nights. Well, I miss it like I mean you know when you're watching like a fellowship and he's he's got the reflective eyes and he's almost green and then you get to the you get to two towers and you're like oh he's just a naked schizophrenic guy like that's a little less uh, a little less fantastic and a little more like kind of just uncomfortable yeah uh, I mean I don't not not knocking Lord of the Rings I love Lord of the Rings I'm just oh saying. no like, <laughs> they
1: one of the Lord of the Rings trilogy is one of the great achievements in film.
0: Let me ask you this, just as just as a uh, as a fan of sword and sorcery and uh, and and fantasy and everything like that, and as a connoisseur, sure. um, why is it that because this is something I was watching, I was I, like a couple of years ago, I was watching some some awful sci-fi movie that was also trying to do sword and sorcery or was trying to do. Something they, they try to do like the color grade filter, like they did with Lord of the Rings, and they you know they, they put money into the costumes and everything, and it just felt silly and fake. Why is really? it like how is it that like they were able to achieve such a like believability in the fantastic for Lord of the Rings, and yet everyone else henceforth can't quite reach that level? That is a fantastic question,
1: and I'm not sure I can answer. I mean, if if you
0: if you actually feel that way, I mean, I don't want to like put words in your mouth or anything, but uh, I
1: I am almost certain that it lies in the skill of the filmmakers and probably their trade secrets. mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's like it's different. See, high fantasy is different to sword and sorcery. Sword and sorcery demands the grittiness.
0: Right. So you could probably achieve. I mean, did you see the uh, the new the the new Conan with uh, with Aquaman in it?
1: I watched it very recently, actually, with a friend of mine who hated it with such intensity. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I I think there's a, there's a lot in the movie to like. I think Momoa's performance as Conan is very good. He would make a wonderful Conan in a much better movie. That's how I felt. <laughs> he he he. The part is perfect for him. Yeah. Okay. He, he's perfect for the role. We may never see it again. I doubt it. But it's the I tell you, it is the wrong story it's so stupid yeah they do they dc movie did they did a warner brothers mm-hmm. they they made a world ending plot
0: right what conan does
1: save the world sword and sorcery doesn't have that sword and sorcery is about personal battles right intense physical struggle survival okay yourself existing is the victory yeah okay quite often okay and if you get rich along the way well, that's so much the yeah, good exactly but if they put this ridiculous thing where there's a doomsday device, being the mask, and the the bad guy becomes a god, and she uh, uh, whiz. Yeah, it, it's wrong. And this is something that arguably is wrong about Conan the Destroyer as well, because they're trying to awaken the god Dagoth. Yep. Or yeah, Dagoth in in that um in that movie, which doesn't happen. They botch it, and a demon appears, played by Andre the Giant. Yeah.
0: And, <laughs> the um, demon man—that's great. Uh, but it's it's.
1: Sword and sorcery doesn't do epic stories. Okay, in fact, sword and sorcery almost purely exists in short fiction. That's why there's so few Conan novels. Even you don't, you don't. Uh, uh, Robert E. Howard only wrote one Conan novel. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it exists in novels at a maximum. It doesn't do like multi, or it's rare for sword and sorcery to do multi-volume epic stories. Sure, it's not about epic. It's usually short violent and intense mm. just like life right okay it's it, it, it's 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 like that uh high fantasy is much more about the epics right. and the the uh, the great threat to the world and the ending of an age and yeah and that's what um lord of the rings is all about also known as epic fantasy right, if you like, like yes. just as sword and sorcery is sometimes also called heroic fantasy mm. uh but film is a wonderful place for sword and sorcery because although it's misinterpreted as long form fiction it's actually quite short it's it's good for adapting short stories hmm. and some novels so in the, the modern trend of doing epic length stories on film is is really strange it's a strange place to be because film on its own like a film is a short fiction
0: right it's only going to be yeah. maximum two and a half to three hours
1: yeah so it's perfect length for a hobbit
0: adaptation absolutely
1: But if you want to do Lord of the Rings, you've got to do multiple 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 films or a TV series. Exactly. That's what... See, the appetite for long fiction has come up in our culture. That's why uh, TV shows are popular. We like the long series. You know what's really strange Mm. is that instead of doing stories that belong long, like, uh, sorry, that belong in a format that has length, that should be told in a long way, that are long stories... Quite often in in uh, shows like the you, you, you Daredevil or, or or whatever, any TV show actually, yeah. they they don't do that over a series. What they do is they take a short story and they'll stretch it. Yeah, to a series, they're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah,
0: you're right. Th-
1: th- that's why there's so much padding in these things.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: It's very strange. I don't I don't think they all do that, mind you. But it's something I've noticed where I've, I'll watch a series of something mm-hmm. and I'll think. That did should have been like a movie, right? It shouldn't have been that long. Like, We've got we, that story, yeah. In. But they've almost they're almost compelled to do it that way because there's a big market for the long, uh, the long format. Yeah, long form, I should say, long right. form storytelling. Oh,
0: but Which is the reason strange. I brought up uh, Conan, uh, the new Conan. Oh, yeah. Was right. They didn't. They didn't get it right. Like they. They and. Yeah, it, they, it, they that actually was something that you know you have a basis for comparison you have something to adapt you have a lot of different sources to get it right but then you know you see how they did their lord of the rings and they do their you know and and now no one else can really replicate that success even though there's no shortage of stories that could be Sword and sorcery or epic fantasy or heroic journey like there's and yet nobody's able to get it right and it's but we've seen it done and you, you and i guess oh. your point was like it has to do with the filmmakers
1: oh well if we're, we're talking in i thought you meant like um in to- terms of immersion into the, the that's film. really what
0: i mean like well because like why is it like when i see well i'll tell you that yeah
1: with lord of the rings it's working from something that is already brilliant
0: right and and it's okay. kind of the first like it, it informs the rest of it the so, conan
1: movie this is the important distinction the conan movie had an original story written for it ah uh, no good no conan's a wonderful character and you can put him on a lot of stories and you can write great <clears throat> stories for him but they didn't Right. and they didn't they didn't adapt one of the great stories that could be made into a film right like uh tower of the elephant is a classic conan story that could work as a great film and mm. Or Red Nails, I guess, is the other one that people like to go to, which would make a brilliant film. Or could right. make a brilliant
0: film. In, In the film right... The
1: base, <laughs> brilliant film. You
0: know, it's yeah. funny, that it... that reminds me of, just a, just as a quick aside, um, the Die Hard movies. Mm. Now, bear with me, the Die Hard movies, you know, Die Hard was originally adapted from a novel, but it's very different, the movie's very different from the book but okay. but all the die hard movies up until I think 5 were other scripts that were for the movie that you saw you know like die hard with a vengeance for example the third one with Sam Jackson where there's Simon you know
1: uh, yeah, Simon yeah, yeah. says
0: riddles and they got to go across the city that's a movie called like Simon says that didn't I think I've heard that before right. yeah That yeah. doesn't work they're all the die hard movies are scripts that don't quite work and then they go, oh, we're going to make a Die Hard movie, put John McClane in it, and adapt the script around McClane, now you have a Die Hard movie. And that's why you like that. Very interesting. But Very interesting. Die Hard 5 is purely a... like They went, write a Die Hard movie, and this is what they came up with. It's why it's so terrible. And it's like, huh. maybe the reason why Conan doesn't work is because like Hollywood doesn't get him, and you can't write your own store like you can't trust them it's why there's no yes it's why they're having trouble writing we're doing dc superhero movies because like all none of them are adaptations and the one that is a straight-up adaptation is aquaman aquaman is a straight-up adaptation of an actual comic book and it's the one everyone likes yet
1: i got to tell you though there's there's more factors Mm -hmm. i don't think conan is a hero for all times like even if they did him quote-unquote right yeah. I I don't know that the audience is guaranteed to accept well, that in every era.
0: Well, look at Dread. Dread, oh, Dread is fantastic a fantastic example. movie, and no one saw it because nobody wanted to watch a movie about a fascist uh, in a building. Like Nobody wanted to see that thing. But if Dread yeah, um, had come until out... Until they
1: saw it, then they realized oh, then that they, they
0: wanted to. Well, but, like, but if Dread had been... If, if that movie had been made in 1986 or in 1975 or in 1990s 1993 it'd be a franchise you'd have action figures yeah. of dread you'd have a cartoon show yeah but uh that's anyway. true yeah so you're right i uh, know you can't just make a Conan movie and expect it to do well
1: well no you can't even adapt really good Conan stories and expect them to work yeah Which we've seen happen in the series, Conan the Adventurer.
0: Oh, you're talking about that cartoon show with all the...
1: No, I'm talking about the live-action ones starring Ralph Mauler. That show is really wonderful. It's no good. (laughs) It's riding on the coattails of the Hercules and Xena, you know, movement at the time. And it's very low budget, very low talent. (laughs) Um... But quite often, there's some sincerity there, and I think Ralph Moilo is a, a really good Conan, for what it's worth. Gotcha. He's not a great actor, but, <laughs> and I think it's supposed to be the same Conan as was in the Conan the Barbarian film. I think it's like a, oh,
0: it's like a continuation trying to follow of on.
1: Series. I think so, but it's Conan is much more heroic. He's much more uh, a good person. He's 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 more friendly to modern values, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Um. He's less barbaric, unless barbaric means he's a very muscular man who doesn't wear much and has a sword.
0: Well, that's that's what the popular Which, culture would interpret as, uh,
1: as sure. Have you seen the film The Barbarians, starring the Barbarian Brothers?
0: No, I have not.
1: It's a film about two brothers, who are part of a travelling troop, and they're attacked one day and they're taken away and enslaved, okay. Basically, and they grew up to be very strong, and eventually they escape but the narration says they were not ordinary men they were barbarians mm. but the only distinguishing thing that makes them barbarians to this film is the fact that they're really strong and don't wear shirts right they don't actually they don't actually have a an external origin they're not outside society they're not Wanderers from another culture; they're not strangers yeah. in every land they go to. And I
0: presume they're only made big by sla- by being enslaved, like by because being enslaved. They're forced to work yeah. out all the time. They're now huge. Like it's not. Yeah, they
1: are made to fight each other. They wear helmets that cover their faces. One is gold and one is silver. Mm-hmm. And each brother learns to hate the other. Oh, you know, it's a it's a really good movie, but it's it's one of those movies that isn't any good, right. but is really good at the same time. Okay, it's it's played by these two brothers, these twins, who are. Um, bodybuilders in real life sure as is as is the way yes and they would be known as the barbarian brothers in their bodybuilding performances mm-hmm. you know yeah. so they were given a film and it's, it, they don't even pick up a sword uh, for for huge chunks of the movie they're unarmed for a lot of it it's it, it's it's
0: just their showcasing bigness.
1: their physiques and strengths and terrible acting and, uh-huh. but I, I have a great fondness for that film i watched it fairly recently it's it's good stuff the villain is wonderful in that movie he's a very fae he's not really a, a sorcerer but he's he's a he's a warlord almost a, of, of a of a of a kind that, that relies more on cunning and I see and, okay you know he's, he's a very interesting villain I'd love to watch it again and, and think more deeply on it next right. time I watch it have a better description <laughs> but I recommend that film and I recommend the series Conan the Adventurer even though it's completely numbing if you watch it on your own watch it with friends
0: sure you're more and you're more likely to point out like yeah you're more likely to make observations and think about it more critically if you're with an audience it also
1: also features what's his name danny woodburn i think the small man from seinfeld
0: yes i i actually uh i remember you mentioned it in a previous uh conversation we had and i saw so i looked it up <laughs> and I? I was like oh yeah there he is <laughs> funny how that
1: show is always on the tip of my tongue
0: yeah yeah, Conan the Adventure. Now, of course, as a kid, I grew up with Conan the Adventurer, the cartoon show, yes. which was uh, also terrible. Um, well, I've barely
1: seen any of it. I'd, I'd really love to watch it. It's now.
0: interesting because, like, the theme song is an earworm. It'll just—you'll never—it'll never leave you. Um,
1: Funnily enough, I know the theme song. Oh yeah. Yeah, Conan. Adventurer. Adventurer. Yeah. But I, I, <laughs> Conan.
0: I, I got that song stuck in my head the other day, and so I pulled it up, and one of the things that struck me was how American Conan sounds. <laughs> Conan's just I don't like, know how he sounds. He's just, I don't he's, think I've seen it. Conan literally just, okay, let's go. And it's like, whoa, no. Uh, Conan sounds well. like he grew up in suburbia. He's just really happy. Um, this doesn't work. And he has like a... oh. The The villain is Rathamon, a snake man. Oh, Rathamon. Yeah. And, uh, I remember that from the dramatic
1: narration over the title. Yes, series.
0: exactly. The dramatic narration, which is great because it's, it's so fun how the narration skirts, like, tries to obfuscate the idea. Like, okay, so Conan, obviously, if he had a sword in his hand and he's trying to vanquish evil, he's going to kill it with the sword. But in the case of the cartoon show for children that's trying to sell action figures... He's oh, he, yes. He he taps them with the sword and then banishes the serpent men to another dimension. It's like, oh yeah, another is dimension. This, sure. Is this the one? Is it the Star Metal? Yeah, it's
1: obsessed. Or is that a different? Conan I think it's the same <laughs> one. Yeah,
0: no. Well, because there were there were two Conan cartoons. One of them had like a, a cast of like multiple friends. You know, there was like an acrobat woman and like a there were a bunch of different people. That one. Was
1: one of them called Conan and the Young Warriors? Yes, or it was.
0: It was called Conan and the Young Warriors. Any good? Uh, I think it was as good as the Conan the Adventurer show. Conan the Conan the Young Warriors. I think that show had chill. Like it was the Conan and a and a bunch of kids. And well, I, you know, I'd like to
1: watch it. I'd like to see where it lands. Do you think we covered any good ground today, Sal?
0: I, you know, I think we had a we had a fine conversation, and I think we did explore the concept. Of, we we actually wound up. I I, I took mental notes. Whenever we would go on a tangent I found we would invariably rest on some aspect that explored supervillainy. Yep. And so technically we did discuss supervillains today, and I'm I, I I'm very proud of this episode. I think it's gonna be great. <laughs> oh, damn. I mean, I think it's fantastic. I, uh, and I definitely think it's it's left us with more ground to explore, and I guess yeah. we'll just have to save it for next time. And I'll have to you you know, know what make sure we do this in, in not in a year, you know, we'll do it like in a Yes. In a shorter amount of time. You were saying... I a shorter
1: saying. amount of time. I think it might have been two years, actually, so...
0: Jesus Christ, really? That's... Uh, maybe. My, uh... You know,
1: yeah. I, I wish... I wish I'd mentioned Spawn.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Well... Because I was watching the HBO animated series on YouTube. Yes. Funnily enough, I found it. Better... I've seen some of the early episodes. Yeah. And that is... It is a fascinating... Uh, it is a fascinating study of superheroes, and I expect... super. I hadn't thought of it in these terms, and I'm thinking, man does spawn even have super villains well maybe
0: because uh, that
1: robot guy shows up
0: <laughs> yeah the, uh, and is he a
1: super villain only because he opposes spawn and is spawn even a superhero
0: i don't think so i don't think i don't think so spawn either is straight up not a superhero uh spawn, he looks like one he does he's he, in he, he has a cape uh but even he then, seems like-
1: totally self-absorbed in his own problem he's more like a hero yeah, hero no, he or a protagonist.
0: Right, exactly. He is a protagonist. He is not a hero at all. He doesn't save anybody. Actually, the world is worse with him in it. Like
1: the people... that's, that's true of superheroes, though.
0: That's true. But like everyone he loves, completely screwed because he exists. Like he, he. That's
1: another superhero trait.
0: Yeah, that's true. So I guess he could be. One could make the argument he is a superhero. Though I would say he doesn't embody any of the characteristics of either a hero or superhero he's entirely self-serving well, he, he doesn't even accomplish goals Like so he doesn't succeed from
1: what i've seen okay from what i've seen he's like a localized superhero you know like how superman operates in new york batman's in gotham right he is localized to those alleys where those bums are
0: that's exactly right
1: he is totally superhero of those alleys
0: yes he is there superhero. else
1: he's the superhero of those guys i don't know if it changes later or i don't know what happens <laughs> No, I've mean, I it... no idea. Well, it... I, I know I love the look of Spawn, and I think Todd McFarlane's a great
0: artist. He is a great artist, and Spawn looks dope. Like, there is no doubt about it. Um, yep. But after you get to, like, issue 60 of the, of the comic, and after you get through the first season of the show, you're kind of like, uh, I'm kind of done with Al Simmons. <laughs>
1: He's... I was just about to say, it doesn't seem like a story that goes on like i don't think spawn would occupy the the hero position indefinitely like spider-man does no i think he would conclude his story and then he'd be gone he would decay
0: yes well i mean the nature of his powers are such that he can like if he uses them too much he will eventually die
1: yeah that's true that's the only way to end the story then
0: oh and they don't it's frustrating
1: yeah yeah he runs out
0: of powers he literally runs out of powers by issue 50
1: can't we do like a Phantom thing? I guess Phantom's a bad example. Can't we do, make him like a Legacy character where we can have a different? Oh, they form? did.
0: Uh, they did when they they. It's it's too bad they didn't do it like naturally, but they do have that. Like
1: small... maybe they were worried about it being predictable. Like this was the nineties. Like today, people are worried about being predictable, and at that time, people were really worried. Sometimes, the more obvious choice makes for the better story. Yeah, that's true. You know. Yeah. yeah referencing to star wars actually would be appropriate here oh
0: definitely uh by the way i did a quick search apparently hasbro studios recognized that there was a conan the adventure show on youtube and so they've like taken the liberty of grabbing scenes from the series and putting those up but apparently i i think that the the show conan the adventure the animated series will be available through like dvd or something
1: no doubt i'll i'll get a hold of it somehow it yeah. doesn't
0: matter. but uh yeah. Uh, I, I certainly was watching that show not too long ago. I was like, oh, look at this. This is the whole show. But, uh, Wait a minute. We
1: were, we were closing down.
0: We were closing and down. Well, you, well, you, Spawn, you got me on Spawn.
1: Spawn is really interesting. He is
0: I'll interesting. say that. It's
1: very inter- I think the story is very interesting. It's very much of its time.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And and in, in that, it's fascinating to see. Well, and it's enduring. Kind
0: of, like, Spawn it, is such a, like... Yeah, he he's a he is an everyman kind of character. You sympathetic, and it's it's also it's not it's an uncomplicated story, you know. Hmm. Soldier goes to hell, makes a deal with the devil to get his. I mean, like the deal with the devil is just is a trope in and of itself. But he makes a deal with the devil. The devil tricks him, and now he's an agent of the devil. That's yeah, that's all you need. So that's good. It's
1: that's a great premise.
0: Yeah, I I, I wonder if it's a whole show. We could probably explore Spawn. That's. <laughs> Great premise, strong art. I don't know. I'd have to read the comics. Yeah, it's, it's interesting them, yeah. because the Some comics the yeah. comics meander because Todd McFarlane is not a writer. Um, yeah. And he was trying to do other things while Spawn was coming out. Like, Spawn became a runaway success. And also, it was the flagship character for a brand new comic books company. And yeah. that company was setting the gold standard for art and production in the comic book industry, which was on fire at the time. And also, he was trying to become a toy manufacturer. Like, he was doing all these different things, so... there was, Yeah, it was a... It was
1: a crazy a golden toy. age. It
0: was a golden age. A gold- exactly. You're absolutely right.
1: I'd argue that uh, the story wouldn't have to be strictly good for the comic to have value.
0: And it isn't. But, uh... <laughs> but it does. Like, the, the comic is... And it's interesting, because occasionally I will go back and, like, grab an old issue and look through it, and I'm like, this really does look really good. And when McFarlane runs out of when McFarland decides not to draw it anymore, which is a damn shame, he gives hmm. it to Greg Capullo, who is also great. And nice. arguably the book almost looks better when Capullo takes over. Um, Very interesting. Yeah. Look. And Capullo now draws, well, he used to, but he, Capullo had been drawing Spawn probably for 50 issues. And then uh, a few years ago, he got on the Batman book and he was like it was like he was training to write to draw batman it's just like oh a brooding character enveloped in shadow on a rooftop with a big cape i can do that been <laughs> doing that for 10 years if you are in any way intrigued by this conversation or if you found the bard to be particularly uh, fascinating as I always do, go over to youtube.com slash Broadcast or simply go to the description box below this video and click the link and go subscribe to his channel and you will be rewarded with a treasure trove of incredible unboxings and analyses galore. Uh, your, your your insights are always a pleasure and, uh, and a, a feast for the for the mind. I do appreciate Thank you stopping by and joining me again, and I hope that we the next time we do this, uh, it won't be nearly as long. I, I'm I, very, yeah,
1: very very fine conversation. Oh, I uh, occasionally I stream on Twitch as well. That's uh,
0: oh well, I'll have to follow you on Twitch. What's your what's your Twitch handle?
1: It's Bardic Broadcast.
0: It's the same as oh well, that's see branding, but it, ladies and gentlemen, that's it's
1: no <laughs> oh, no, it's very occasional though. I do it very rarely. Okay, but uh, I do do it on occasion. And I if, yeah. I, because i'm not on twitter or social media really i uh i put a notification about it on my youtube conversation what is it called
0: oh yeah the uh no, the community that's tab some,
1: the community tab That's yeah, what yeah,
0: yeah. i'm i'm getting first in that as well
1: i don't know if many people see that but that's okay I, I only muck about on twitch i don't do it for serious
0: gotcha well look that's i mean what, what is serious when it comes to playing games or playing around on twitch anyway you know yeah, <laughs> <I> suppose. <laughs> Take it seriously, you're you're in for trouble. But uh, you're in for trouble. Yeah. But thank you so much for joining me, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks a lot. Uh, so long. There we go.